My name is Matt Brown. You amaze me every time. Gee, thanks, Chef Ramsay. Now let's start the show. Follow my plan and very soon you will say it's easy and good. place because you are here to join us. My name is Matt Brown and I am the host of the Productive Conversations podcast. How are we doing everybody? We are so happy to have you join us. Lots to do, lots to discuss, lots of fun to have and experience. Before we get into all of that, I just want to remind you to like and subscribe to the Productive Conversations podcast on all podcasts and platforms and YouTube. And for exclusive content regarding this show, go to Productive Conversations podcast. And you can check out the archive of every single podcast. You can check out the links to our podcast and platforms and YouTube. You can check out our merchandise store thanks to Zazzle. And you want to get the great affordable merchandise from that store. Episode description below for that site as well. And we have the blogs I've written, my resume if you're interested in creating more opportunities. And everything Productive Conversations podcast is on that site. Again, ProductiveConversationsPodcast.com. Also, check us out in the world of social media. We're on Instagram at Productive Conversations Podcast. We're on Twitter at ProdConvoPod. We're on TikTok at Productive Conversations. So, oh my goodness, I can't believe we've got to this point. I mean, it was an intense week with injuries and stress and challenges on challenges. And I know there are people going through much worse stuff than me. But regardless of the tough times, we are not giving up. We are going to push through no matter how long it takes, no matter how much stress the challenge gives us, we will overcome no matter what the inconveniences are, silly or otherwise. But we shall overcome the inconveniences such as I fell in front of the grocery store and it was a pretty bad scar, but it's finally healed. I pulled a groin, so off the gym and a lot of stretching and uh, getting that back in order. Now I feel a-okay. My car breaks down on me. And it actually, I didn't mention this on Monday's episode, but it broke down on me on the way to the second COVID vaccination that I was scheduled for. Oh my God, that mess that's going on. And uh, oh my God, like I said, it's just been an intense week, but we still are here to give great content. We're still here to create productive conversations and we are still here to never give up no matter what life throws at us. And even if you're tested and even if you think it's over, there are people to support you and then you have it in you to overcome the intense obstacles. And I try to overcome obstacles every day, but we are here and that's why we're here to stay no matter what. So, yeah, that's been uh, quite a time, quite a few weeks, but hopefully it's all about to be over very soon. And I learned my friend Kevon. He's going down south. He's moving to Florida. How about that? Uh, We're going to miss him, but um, if this is the place for his greener pastures, he has my support. So lots of things taking place. Lots of craziness happened over the past few weeks. But like I said, we're still here. We're still creating podcasts. We're still creating great content. And we're not giving up. 
And with that, we have one of my best friends who's an example of not giving up. The great Alex Young is coming back on the Productive Conversations podcast. This is his third appearance. Had one solo show with me early on when the show started. Then you had him join me and my brother Tommy to talk Giants football. And now Alex is checking in with us as we talk about the intense and crazy stuff that's happening in the sports world. We talk about our alma mater going from D1 to D3 and that disappointment created. We talk about the NHL and the identity crisis the New York Rangers are under. We talk about the NBA and we geek out about our New York Knicks in literally the most exciting season of our lifetime, the resurrection of the New York Knicks. Oh, that was fun to talk about. We get into the NFL, talking about the Giants draft, um, being excited for the season to come back, having fans in the stands all season long for all 32 teams is going to be exciting. We talk about where Aaron Rodgers is going to end up. Then we hit on baseball and how the umps keep fucking the game up. The Mets keep making headlines on and off the field. Talk about the Yankees improving after a terrible start. We hit it all. We have a lot of fun in this sports-exclusive, productive conversation. And it is a great time no matter what. So let's get to it right away. Alex Young, it's your turn once again. Let's get to it. Like I said many times, this man needs no introduction one of our great friends of the show, one of my great friends in life, and just one of, like I said, just one of our favorites. Once again, to talk sports with me and just hang out just because the great Alex Young is back on the Productive Conversations podcast. What's up, Alex? What's going on, Matt? Again, I always am so excited to be part of your show, and it's good to be on again. Uh, last time we had baseball today, we are doing a little bit of everything, so I'm super yes, excited to, to talk about a little bit of everything today. Exactly. So... Like I said, I'm always excited to have you on, one of our great recurring guests on this show. And yeah, let me, let me just turn my signer off to show how much fun we're having. And um, yeah, so Alex, before we get into it, as we talk all things uh, sports today, how's everything been so far? The weather's getting warmer. Um, did Are you uh, someone who's in favor of the vaccine? Did you get it yet? What's going on with you in general, Alex? Uh, not much. Just staying busy with work mainly. Uh, got my vaccines, uh, so it's nice to return a little bit to norm- normalcy. Uh, I play golf, so mm-hmm. been trying to get out at least once a week. And like you said, the weather's been nice. Uh, so just being able to pick a day, you know, usually, uh, you know, I pick a morning or something when it's like you know sixty degrees outside or, or sometimes warmer. Uh, go out and get a play around in. So that's what I've been mainly paying attention to, just trying to get back into golf. Uh, All right. Get my golf game, you know, steady. And I'm playing, you know, at least once a week. So no complaints on my end. Uh, but so far, everything's been great so far. We're hitting him straight, Alex. We're having fun with that. Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm starting off well. The first, first few rounds are a little shaky, but the last, you know, two, I'd say, you know, I was, I was pretty confident. So I've been hitting him uh, pretty accurate. Uh, you know, little mistakes here and there. I'm not the best golfer in the world, but uh, I've been pretty confident in my game lately. So, you know, uh, so far, you know, mm-hmm. I have a lot of fun. It's just nice to go out at least once a week and, and play, you know, a sport I love to watch. Yeah. Definitely. And like I said, we're starting getting young now. We're still so young as we up our game. I'd love to do a round with you one day, one of these days this summer, at least once this summer, we got to go out and yeah, come sure. out to Jersey. You could show me some of the cool courses over there. And um, that was a fun. You saw Rory finally won a tournament. 
I saw him yeah. on a Saturday. Yeah, yeah. He finally turned it around. You know, uh, there were some glimpses that that the Rory that, you know, was so dominant a few years ago was coming back. Uh, and then he always came up a little bit short. Uh, but to see him this weekend, you know, you know, win the Wells Fargo, kind of come back a little bit, uh, you know, I only hope that, you know, for the sport that he continue his success. You know, he, he's great for the sport. Um, you know, obviously he had a lot of pressure on him, you know, early on in his career with all mm-hmm. the success and then signing with Nike. And then everyone's like, he's the next Tiger. And it's like, there's only one Tiger, you know, everyone knows that um, at this point. Um, but to see him kind of get back in, into the way he was and and, and play great uh, over the weekend, you know, it was definitely promising to see. And, and like I said, it's great for the sport when he has success. And, and I hope he can continue that going forward. Definitely. People were saying like once he settled down with the love of his life, that's when his game went down. But see, it proves we cannot get distracted. It, and uh, yeah, like you said, um, the U.S. Open in a few weeks now. We're having uh, things getting nitty gritty. So uh, as life's getting back to normal and figuring stuff out, um, it's exciting to see what's going on. So before we get into it, I'm just curious, Alex, I think we could both agree. We do have our love and respect for hockey, but, um, you know, we're just more into like the basketball, golf, um, football. But, you know, we do know we can hold our own with hockey for sure. I was just curious as a Rangers fan, what did you think of the whole Tom Wilson incident? I know we are about a week removed from it as they're getting ready for their playoffs. But how did you feel like? the whole the perspective with the Rangers after that then Dolan cleaning house in the front office and then your season quietly coming to an end uh, on Sunday but um how did you feel witnessing what we saw with uh, and for people who don't know we had Tom Wilson pretty much doing all out assault on the ice against when the Rangers played the Capitals last week and then it resulted into a huge brawl melee on Thursday night it was 12 different fights but it looked like the Rangers got their has kicked in all those fights, but at least they've tried. And now we have a uh, a new era really has to start. This is a, I think it's a good time for the season to end and they can reflect, but what did you think of the whole mess going on for the uh, Rangers? Uh, I don't know. It was, it was, it was odd. Um, with everything you don't normally see a, a press release <laughs> calling yeah. for someone to be fired. Um, so I felt that was a little interesting, but supposedly like just looking at it, like the GM and, and everyone was on board with that press release as, as, as well as Dolan. And then next thing you know, like Dolan cleans house because mm-hmm. you know, there wasn't the success he wanted, even though everyone knows these last few seasons, it's been a rebuild and there's a lot of young talent. Um, so it was just like a weird instance. I did, I was totally fine with them starting off, you know, fighting the Capitals the next mm-hmm. night. I think that was the thing they had to do. Um, I know this is a young team. Um, so just to show that they're not going to take any crap from anyone and, and back up their guys. I thought yep. that was promising for a young team, shows them some grit. Um, but it's just like a weird instance, you know, and, and we know how Wilson is as a player and his reputation that he's done Thirty things like this in the past. Yep, um, it's not something uncommon for him. Um, so the fact that he wasn't suspended at least a game, um, you know, was kind of surprising, especially with the extent of what happened. Um, you know, you you don't want to see a player get injured, and Wilson tends to hit to cause injury at times. Um, it's just the kind of player he is. Um, so all in all, you know, I was surprised to see that release. 
Um, I wasn't shocked they were going to find, um, you know, Dolan really hasn't been involved with the Rangers as much as he is with the Knicks. So it was kind of surprising to me to, to see him say, we're going to, you know, clean house, start a new slate. Um, even though, you know, we're in the middle of a rebuild. And from what we see, the talent that has been acquired these last few years has been pretty solid. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's kind of surprising to see that now in the middle of rebuilds, you're going to bring in new guys. Uh, so it's going to be interesting to see what happens in the future, who they bring in and everything like that. Um, I, I just guess uh, it's still weird. It's this Dolan so quick triggered at, at times. So uh, I, I feel like this was just kind of one of those decisions that he decided maybe we just need to go in a different direction or he sees some talent and he just wants, you know, maybe to go after a top guy and then uh, go from there. So we'll, we'll see what happens this offseason. But it was a very interesting few days of Rangers hockey towards the end of the season. So <laughs> finally getting some clout like I admit, you know, I do like the Rangers are on this wall, but I haven't kept up as much with the hockey as I've had in the past, but I am making a pledge by this, by this fall when they do resume, I'll get really into it and back into it. And I'll definitely watch the playoffs and see the Islanders make a run at it. And they had success last season, but yeah, I think, um, this was a nice way to remind, I guess, honestly remind everybody, hey, we're still here. I mean, it is a force. I know the hockey game has not really been about the fighting and the violence as it once was. Hence, like you had Tom Wilson, as they call the enforcer, literally his job is to just, you know, start stuff with players and be intimidating. And now we're more looking at the skills, your puck skills and scoring and all that. And, uh, I think this was a night. This for me, I I found it as a nice check in in the weirdest way. And I watched that entire game against the uh, Capitals after I watched all three periods. And it's just uh, it was just a mess. And I think now this is a chance to like breathe once we have more fans in the stands. Uh, this fall as well. I think this is a good time to reflect when you have people becoming like Panarin and Lafiniere, Alexis Lafiniere, who could be big stars. So um, I think it was just nuts, but it was a nice reminder that hockey is cool for a reason. And we also have that TV deal coming up when now they're going to ESPN and TNT. I think that's going to help the sport tremendously and give credit to Commissioner Gary Bateman for getting that deal. I think they tripled their revenue from that deal going back to cable again. And uh, yeah, this is a good chance for us to get it back into hockey again. That's how I look at it. I'm sure you feel the same. Yeah, for sure. You know, I, I haven't really been glued into hockey. Like I have been with baseball, the basketball, football, as you know, mm-hmm. um, this last season, I've, I've tried to watch at times uh, and really glue in, but I've, you know, staying up with those kind of top stories and storylines like that. But like right. you, every year I try to commit myself and my friends, both my chops about me saying I'm going to do it. And I don't do it this year. <laughs> I kind of watch more hockey than I have before. Um, but like you said, with, you know, the ESPN TNT deal, I think it's going to be huge yeah. uh, for the sport, a lot of access, various different things. It's going to be cool to see on TNT, I was saying it'd be cool if they did like an inside the NFL like they do for the NBA with personalities. I think that'd be awesome. I think I'd get a lot of people to tune into hockey games. So with all this, you know, I'm super excited for the next season. And like you said, I'm going to really, really this time anchor down and oh, try yeah. to watch as much Ranger hockey because it's going to be an interesting time, especially with, you know, the new moves that are going to be taking place. Exactly. And well, we're going to get it to our Knicks, but it's funny how this switch, usually the Knicks, at least this last decade, it was the Knicks having something like this happen. But now, and the Rangers were doing their thing, um, making deep playoff runs. But now the tables had turned, and we'll definitely get into that. But 
that's enough of the hockey chat. Now let's talk before we get into the three other major sports. We have talked about big story, Alex. So University of Hartford, our our um alma mater. So I'm wearing U Heart shirt now. You're wearing an American East Conference shirt for those who are listening and are viewing the YouTube. Big news came out of the University of Hartford last week. The University Boards of Regions voted to on transitioning the University of Hartford to become to go from a Division One school to a Division Three, expecting the transition to be complete by September 2025, approving um, pending approval by the NCAA. Alex, this it was a tough pill to swallow as an alumnus. The fact that after the University of Hartford makes their first NCAA Division One March Madness tournament. They go D3. We saw in baseball, no hitter was thrown by mm-hmm. U Hart. I can't think of the guy's name at the top of my head. I'll look that up real quick. But that's that happened. And oh, man, what a sad, unfortunate day for the university. Talk to me, Alex. You're just t- walk me through your initial thoughts. Tell me how you feel. You were very involved in the sports program at our time at U Hart. You covered them as a student. Um, and now we're seeing them do a transition that I don't, in my opinion, I don't think is needed or necessary. And um, it's just, like I said, tough to see. But Alex, for someone who is so involved at the University of Hartford athletic program as a D1 school, now going D3, how do you feel about this? Um, I'm heartbroken. Uh, I'm, I'm devastated, um, frustrated. Um, I think a lot of us are. Um, mm-hmm. Because, you know, we've met a lot of great people in Division One. Um, like you said, I, I worked in the sports program um, for pretty much all four years. I was a part of the student television network on campus, and, yep. and that allowed me to become a producer for ESPN3, the shirt that I'm wearing now for the America East cover, uh, you know, D1 basketball for the Hartford Hawks, men's and women's, uh, do some lacrosse games as well, do some soccer games uh, throughout my time there, um, and report on them. Um, and meet these athletes and meet these coaches and, um, you know, just to see after all the success and all of us as alumni, current students, we were all texting each other how excited we were to be in March Madness, right? We mm-hmm. were finally there. You know, we finally defeat the great Albany's, the great Vermont's, UNH's, yep. UMBC's, you name mm-hmm. it. We finally made it. And we're all related. And you know, I was listening uh, to a John Gallagher interview, and I'm going to talk a little bit about John Gallagher, you know, knowing him, you know, briefly. Yeah. But, and um, who is he for the audience that doesn't know? He, the, for the audience, you know, John Gallagher is the head coach of the men's basketball team. Mm-hmm. Um, just listening to what he had to say, I was listening to an interview he had recently, and more or less, they couldn't really even celebrate winning yeah, or being in March Madness after they lost to Baylor, we knew we knew what we were expecting. Lost Baylor, but they couldn't really, you know, celebrate the moment because he walks in and pretty much hears from someone that the Board of Regents and and President of University Hartford, Gary Woodward, were pretty much voting or moving to D three, and just to hear that bothered me because. Mm-hmm. To me, and, and John Gallagher probably doesn't know who I am. I was a student there. But for me, my, my, my memory of John Gallagher and it shows how great of a person he is. I was a freshman. Matt, you know, we met, you know, we're one of the mm-hmm. first people to meet each other freshman year. Reporting, 
first live broadcast as STN, uh, and, you know, it was a Hartford Hawks home game. And I was standing there as a sideline reporter, did a few bits here and there, but my, la- my, my big moment was I had, the co- I had to interview Coach Gallagher, right? So I'm waiting there, standing there. You know, he knows he's coming over to me. He come over to me. We're waiting to go live. He's seeing me. I'm shaking. I'm so nervous. This is this head coach. I'm about to be on live TV with John Gallagher. And he sees that. And he looks at me and he taps me on the shoulder. He's like, this is your first time doing this? And I'm like, yes, sir. You know, it's great to meet you or whatever. And he goes, you're going to kill it. I'm going to help you out. We're going we're gonna to do this together. We're gonna be fine. <laughs> and just to get that reassurance from him was so comforting. And, you know, I asked him a few questions with the game and it went perfectly. And then I shook his hand and, you know, his kid was around and got to meet his kids. And he was just so welcoming and, and, and nice. And that's how what well, you hear from everyone in the sports world about Coach Gallagher. You know, you hear it on when he were in March Madness, how he was a grinder and, and, and you know, one of the most respected coaches. And it's true. And the fact that he's been in this program for 15 years and, and we've just hit maybe our best four years of college basketball mm-hmm. and we're in March Madness just to see a guy like him and all the other coaches, baseball is doing great. We, like you said, you just, we just had a no hitter. The team's doing extremely well. Soccer has been extremely you know, successful over the years. Just to see what these coaches and players are going through now where it just gets ripped out from them. Yeah. Without them even being able to talk to the president or the border regions. It's just, it's, it's upsetting. And, and like I said, to me, I got so many great opportunities and one of the selling points for me going to the school was it was Division One, and I had to get I can get hands-on experience. I could talk to you know players. I have access to coaches. I have access to you know top of the line sports equipment. You know that was a big selling point for the school. And I'm not and I'm not trying to discredit Division Three. You know, you're a Division Three athlete. You're pretty much better than most athletes. You know, exactly athletes in the world. But the fact that now you're ripping that from them while we're hitting tremendous strides in almost all of our sports um, is just disappointing um, and is upsetting um, to me. And, and it's upsetting to a lot of them that I've talked to. We, we, we don't like this decision um, because we have a lot of memories and we have a lot of opportunities. I've gotten career opportunities because I got to work in a division one program and work yeah. division one sports games. And it's, yeah, it's just, it, it, once I saw the news that it happened, I was shocked. Um, and obviously, at the end of the day, disappointed, especially with all the success that we've been having across multiple sports these last few years. Yeah, as you said, you worked for the MLB and NBA. You're not even 30 yet, thanks to your support and help from the University of Hartford um, athletic program, Hartford Hawks. And uh, by the way, Nicholas Dombrowski is the name of the person who threw the no-hitter yeah. against University of Albany, the Southpaw. And um yeah, dude. I mean, when we've seen players on from these programs go pretty far, we've had players play in the MLS. Yet Sean Newcomb, yeah. who pitches for the Atlanta league. Braves, yeah, yeah. pitching for the Braves, yeah. And um, yeah, like it. Listen, I get it. Your heart may not be a big SEC school or in a Power Five conference, but it does have a legit. Um, nice following. I won't say it's a cult following, but there's legit fans out there who will come to these games and the students will come out for them. Even if they are free, there's just so many good opportunities to get out of these, you know, get out of the element and have some fun. There is a legit fan base here, even if it's not exactly a power five conference team, but it's still a nice loyal North new England, Northeast community with that. And 
I get it. It's been a weird year with COVID and the funding and all that. But I'll tell you, as much as they made us pay for that school, you're almost surprised. Um, where is this coming from? Where's the lost revenue? And yeah, you're just, uh, I, can you imagine the athletes who, again, like you said, not taking anything away from anyone who does D3 athletics. You're still a great athlete in your own right, no matter who that man, woman, or person is. And, but can you imagine those who worked hard to get into a D1 school and then you're just not, again, not that it's out of their control. And again, not putting down D3 athletes, but you go to your opportunity is now in a whole different complete place. And you just wish there was some more effort or explanation. As you said, I didn't even know they didn't even make their case for it. I mean, we've seen some protests, but it's just a real shame, Alex. And I mean, what, where else can we go from here? What do you think? I mean, in your mind now, at this point, you're going to make it the best D3 school possible, or is it going to just take a long time to get used to it? Maybe there's a miracle. What do you think? What do you hope is the best case scenario now that this decision is made? You know, best case, I hope that eventually they come to their senses and realize this is not the best choice. Do I think yeah. that might be too late at this point? Maybe. I, I don't know how this, the whole process works and mm-hmm. applying and all that stuff. I really don't know. Um, but you're right. It's like, you know, these athletes, the selling point is they're getting Division One sports and great academics. You know, if you think about it, you know, yeah. also hearing, you know, in this interview with Gallagher, too or reading up on it is that like it's true for a few seasons last few years we're normally in the academic cup now if people don't know what the academic cup is for the american east you know there's a there's a there's a a, pretty much a trophy for the school with the best gpa among student athletes Mm -hmm. and you know the americans could be a sport we've won that last few times so you know these kids are not just coming here to play sports they're here to also learn and you know they're getting a great education and they get to play d1 you know sports and that's what's selling them on this on this school right and like i said as a student i was sold on wow there's division one athletics here i didn't know that but it's division one athletics now there's you know student television network there's a radio network you know you can work for the sports center at the school you know there's opportunities here right now, if you're taking that away, let's say, you know, and I'm not, like I said, I'm not trying to, you know, this D3 here. You're, it's still a, a solid program, but it's like that was a selling point for me as a, as, a, as a student. Now you can potentially lose that for students. Now you're saying, OK, you know, but there's another school. Maybe I'm interested. That's D1 and has these opportunities. And Hartford has D3 and has these opportunities. But D1 looks better on my resume. So maybe I'll go here. You know, like things like that. Of course. Athletes, too. Athletes look at that. You know, I'm getting a division one, good education, you know, all this stuff. So these athletes committed here and now they don't even get it to talk about it or anything like that. Coaches can't talk about it. it. It's disheartening to me because, you know, these students are making a life altering decision and now they've come here. And now next thing you know, they could be here, they committed here, and now they're gonna start the process of division three. Now, I know it might take a few years, so some of the people who've committed now, they'll still play D1, um, but it's just in the back of their mind now. Like, I made this decision, and now we might move to D3, or whatever the case may be, and same with the coaches. You know, they've some of them have been here for years, some of them are, are relatively new. You know, they've come here, I have that D1 coaching experience, and then we're gonna move down, and it's like, where do I go from here? And it's, it's, it's just tough. Um, 
you know, for these athletes um, to me. And that's what hurts most is because if you look across our sports, there's been success. You know, there hasn't been any shortcomings. There have been Hall of Famers. Jeff Bagwell, you know, we've had all-stars. We've had Baker and and, in basketball. We've had, you know, players make it, you know, um, to minors, to the, the pros. It's been all over. Professionally, a lot of our basketball players play overseas. You know, it, 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 it happens. And, you know, it's just unfortunate to see that, you know, because I guess they want to save money, which I don't really know what, you know, I think that's been changed after the bad press that came out <laughs> when that, when mm-hmm. that happened, um, you know, at the end of the day, it's just a decision that I feel was just kind of just quickly, they just saw numbers and just said, let's go for it. Instead of looking at the, how this is going to impact our players, our coaches, our students, um, and, you know, like I said, it was a big selling point. I don't know if it was a big selling point for you, but it was a big selling point for me about that. So mm-hmm. I'm thinking in my head too, as a student, like what's going to happen with, you know, people who apply to this school, you know, like yeah. I'm, I'm hoping that Hartford is successful, but are they going to see that maybe applications are down or they see something happening with the correlation with this move? I don't really know. I just know for me personally, knowing that it was division one athletics and I was able to be upfront and, and work there. You know, like you said, I worked for the MLB. I come over for the MBA. I'm under the age of 30, and I can pretty much correlate that from what I learned. Oh yeah, in a Division One environment at the University of Hartford. So, you know, just to lose that aspect to me, just thinking over in broader terms, you know, that's what really upset me the most is that how is this going to impact the school going forward? We're both proud alumni, and we don't want to see the school, you know, fall or whatever case might be, but. With something like this, you have to think what might happen, you know, in the future for this university. So, you know, like I said, I know I'm going a little bit of tangent here, but I know, you know, you said I encourage you best. Say um, what you need to say. Yeah, you know, what you want best. And my decision is I want them to stay in Division One, but at this point, it seems that they're going to make that move, and and it's and you know, it's up in the air at this point. But you know, we'll see what happens. Maybe they have a change of heart with how many people are talking about this. Um, and how many people don't want the move. Um, so we'll see. But I, I, at the end of the day, you know, I, I think they really got the wheels turning on this. And it's just unfortunate because, like you said, we, you know, we've had, you know, for basketball, one of our proudest moments as a school. And now that's getting got to be taken away for future students and yep. for alumni like us going forward. It's going to be awkward rafters now. Uh <laughs> Yeah, I did take pride going to a D1 school. And, you know, I really wasn't familiar with the American East Conference at first, but it was nice to see what has grown out of it. And, uh, I mean, the American East School is the first school to beat a 16 over one seed in basketball. So it's it's rising. It was rising. I'm Like I said, it's now awkward to see. I guess we'll see what happens in the outcome amongst. I mean, I know the school season, school season, the school year is over. See if the what the fall or summer can bring, but um, we're still proud Hartford Hawks unless they change that name too for all the things oh, they're wow. changing on us. Um, but I just hope for better days. Maybe stranger things that have happened. Maybe a miracle could be set, and uh, let's get more of the incentives. That's all we hope for, and uh, go Hawks! Hawks Nation domination forever. Oh, nation domination. <laughs> Let's talk some football. One thing at school, Uhart doesn't have, but hey, we still love our football. And um, 
We have an NFL season. So what to take in, Alex? First things first, let me ask you. Do you think there'll be full stadiums week one of the NFL season this year? as more people are getting vaccinated and seeing things come down. Do you think when we kick off in the first week of September, or I should say the second week of September, will we see the NFL stadiums packed? And do you think it's the right decision to do? I think some stadiums will. Um, I don't think all of them. I think it's going to be kind of a state-by-state basis, like we see what's Mm -hmm. happening in in Texas, I believe Florida. Um, I know for Texas, for sure, with the Rangers, you know, with their baseball stadium, they were at – They had the fight last week, too, with the full capacity. Yeah. Um, So we've seen some states do full capacity, and so far I haven't heard anything like massive breakouts from that. Um, I know – yeah, thank God, uh, for sure. I know New York, uh, I know they're talking about that uh, potentially going up to full capacity soon. Yeah. Um, depending on, like you said, if you're vaccinated, there is incentives. Like if you get the vaccine, you'll get tickets or some, something like that. I don't know, like mm-hmm. tickets and some other incentives involved, um, which shouldn't be the case while well, you should get the vaccine. Um, but, <laughs> but if that's the case, then that's fine. Um, but um no, I, I don't think all of them will. I think it's really going to be a state-by-state mm-hmm. kind of thing. Um, I wouldn't mind seeing it, but I think we're going to see more than, you know, like the couple thousand. I can see them maybe moving up to the tens of thousands um, and doing, a, you know, I haven't been to a baseball game yet in New York. I haven't been to a Yankee or, or, or Met game. Um, I'm pretty sure you have to show, like, you've had a negative test and something yes. like that. negative. Um, you have to have a negative – confused for all the tests it's either the rules keep changing to i don't know if it's at least as we're recording this recording releasing this on may 13th um i believe at the moment in new york it's either a fully vaccinated proof of full vaccination a rapid covid test within six hours which i don't know how that's possible this teeth or i don't i'm not sure the what the exact ter- the other COVID test that you have to test negative within seventy two hours? I don't know the name, but um, yeah. we'll go with that. Yeah. So, you, so yeah. Bottom line: you either need a negative COVID test or a fully vaccinated uh, car yeah. in the tri-state area within the three yeah. states. I will say, I did see um, a quote from Governor Murphy. He said, "Good chance that MetLife Stadium might have some full crowds." The schedule is released the day before the the day after this recording. So I don't know which game that first game that would be, but um, yeah, you know, I, I, I would say I figure, you know, as we're recording this in May and we get close to September, that is four months away. I'd like to think that the push, they get enough vaccines that it is safe to, to keep growing that number. I know it's 33% in the baseball stadiums. Now I'd like to think September, you could get that number higher. Again, I'm no expert in this. I'm just doing and did my part getting fully vaccinated. And I'm ready to go for, as you said, my safety and then the benefit of going to a game again. So I'd like to just think through the prowess we're making, there's a good chance we should at least get at least half or more. And I'll take it. I don't know if you will, uh, how you feel, but I would take at least 50%. But um, I think, it, you know, trusting the people who are smarter than us and this know what they're doing. We should slowly get back to normal life and who doesn't, who can't, nothing could beat a fun game to go to. How do you feel? No, I, I totally agree. You know, I think the number will increase as time goes on again. I don't know. Like, I feel like, you know, come week, like, you know, one of the NFL season, like, I don't know if there'll be, 
I feel like they're going to want to like tease it a little. Like, okay, let's have this game at like 50, see how it goes. Okay, next game mm-hmm. we'll do like 70, and then mm-hmm. by week three we'll do full. You know, like I feel like some states might go that route instead of jumping in like full 100% capacity. But again, I'm no expert on this. Um, but, uh, you know, you know me, I, I have my parents, my, my dad is a season ticket holder for the Giants, so that's mm-hmm. been like a huge discussion for us is like, how how they do in attendance? How many people are going to be allowed? If we're is it just going to be season ticket uh, season ticket holders only for first few weeks, or are we going to get in a lottery? Um, so yeah, we'll see. yeah it's, like, it's, it's anticipating it's, it's that. <laughs> yeah. Um, so you know, I'm like fully vaccinated. Um, my my whole family is. So it's like I, what I feel kind of comfortable maybe like going back to the stadiums. Yeah. Most likely come September, you hope that most, most people have the vaccine or if you're going to a game like that, where there's a lot of people that they'll have some stipulation that, like you said, like the same with baseball, it's like, you have to have a negative test or you have to show your, you know, fully vaccinated card. Um, you know, the kind of return back to that normalcy. And, and so far, you know, we're kind of hoping we're trending in that right direction where that can happen. Um, but yeah. I, you know, I was telling my dad, it's like, you know, if let's just say they do something where it's like, if you're vaccinated, you have a negative test, you know, that to be out, feel a little bit more comfortable going back to like a MetLife or city or Yankee. Um, then it'd just be like hundred, hundred percent capacity, no guidelines, anything like that. If there's some sort of, like you know, in the kind of, states. yeah, yeah, like you know, just come to the stadium, like you know, what's happening down there, where it seems, you know, in Texas, stuff like that. So, yeah, we're having 100 capacity, um, but here, you know, I'm just like, you know, like you said, like I'm just hoping we'll have a little bit more fans. You know, me and my dad were wondering what's happening with the Giants, but it's just in other sports, especially like now. You know, like we hope to see more fans for playoff basketball at MSG mm-hmm. and Barclays. Um, you know, we'll dive into that a little bit, but it's like. You know, um, if there's guidelines in place, like I said, I'll feel more comfortable. Um, so we'll see what happens. Um, but I think hopefully at some point during, you know, the NFL season, the football season, that we'll at least have, you know, 70% capacity at most stadiums. But again, I'm not, or more, um, I'm not an expert on this, so I don't know for sure, but that's what I'm hoping for. Because last season, you know, you could tell that it was kind of dull at the games, or fans, you know, <laughs> not a lot of fans in stands. It would just be great to kind of have be back there first off or just be watching and seeing the fans. And and and, and it's true. Like, the, these athletes need the fans. It's just like oh, yeah. a, a thing. It fires them up. So the more fans in the arena, the better. And we just have to hope that more people get vaccinated and there's more things out there, more science on this, and that, you know, we can return kind of hopefully to stadium safely and kind of start that getting back to, you know, sports normalcy and normalcy in life in general. Yeah, I think it's time. It really is time now to get in the right direction. I think, you know, I said 50% just to be safe, but uh, it, it is time to get as close to a hundred as possible and trusting the right people and um, making the right decisions. It, I think it's time to finally enjoy life for what it is and make up for the year lost. And we will. And I think that's a, a great step now is seeing sports sports games have uh, p- fans back 
now seeing like the theater community, Broadway planning for September of full shows. Now with the concert communities coming back, it's time for these communities that really had no chance to get their revenue back or any, or momentum and now help those industries as well. So I think this is just a good sign to have the fans and, and let football be the one to show it's safe to go out. And I think they really will make that push for that. So with that... Now, focusing on the teams itself, let's hit on our Giants, Alex. New York Giants and the whole thing will obviously hit on the league, but focusing on our New York football Giants first. What an offseason by David Gettleman. Tell me your initial thoughts from get from huge signings to a draft that was very interesting. Before we get into those specifics, just tell me how you feel uh Gettleman did as a whole. And if you could give a possible grade A to F on um, your initial thoughts. Now, obviously down the line, we'll actually have a good grade, but with how things have been going and what you've seen, how do you think Gettleman did this off season? Uh, I give him a B plus. Hmm, big you know, plus. I, think, right. I think a B plus t- trending towards a minus. Um, I also just want to say, get him out, but I also think there's a little bit of what I call the Joe Judge effect happening <laughs> with this too. Um, but, you know, I was super excited just to see kind of us getting back to our aggressive, not aggressive, but back to our kind of smart ways of free agent additions. Um, yeah. You know, we saw that kind of a few years ago. I know Jerry Reese, right before he got fired, he kind of just like, <laughs> threw money at people and, and it worked. Um, and we kind of, we didn't need to get throw money at people, but it was kind of like, we need to, the guys that were going to hit, we need to, you know, successfully target and get these guys in. Um, which, you know, I think for the most part worked wonders. Uh, I think that mentality yeah. of, you know, Kenny Galladay comes in, oh, like, yeah. don't let him leave. They like hang out with him all day. And then the elite, you know, you had to go back because like, it was like the end of the day. And it was like, all right, <laughs> going out. And then you come back, like getting a guy like Kenny Galladay. Yeah. You're like a veteran trusted guy. You know, we hope he stays healthy this year, but like just get that big kind of target receiver uh, for, for Daniel. We know the kind of receiver Galladay is you throw it up in the air. He can come down and catch it. You know, he could, mm-hmm. he's just a great all around receiver. Um, we just have to hope he stays healthy. Like that was a target we needed. We needed our, our prime guy. We saw like, last year, we thought, you know, like Slade was going to take a step, but he's not a true, you know, number one receiver. Mm-hmm. He's more of a two. And then same thing with Shepard, you know, he's more of like a slot guy. We can't really have him be reliable. And then Ingram, I know it's like kind of a universal <laughs> tight end weapon, but we know his drop issues and certain things that he had all year. He oh. was somehow a pro baller. Just to get a, <laughs> a steady receiver for Daniel now that we know, okay, like Galladay is going to be a guy. Like a guy that we had, you know, Odell a few years ago where Eli was like, I'm going to get you a ball on a slant. You're going to go. With Galladay, it's like, I'm going to get you the ball in the air. You're going to come down with it. You know, whatever. I'm, he's going to make plays, right? We need a, a kind of a play wide receiver. And then, you know, our secondary was pretty solid last season, you know, the addition of James Bradbury was great, but, it, you know, we need another guy. Bedora Jackson is that kind of young guy, you know, kind of middle-aged veteran guy, but has all the potential to be a great second-hand yeah, guy guy to Bradbury. Like, I thought that was a fantastic signing um, for the Giants just to get someone like him in, uh, you know, to, to help bolster our secondary. Um, and then, you know, going into the draft, we didn't know what to expect. And then we we could, we'll dive into the draft a little bit, but like him 
you know, again, I don't know if it was Joe Judge either, but Gettleman, who never traded down, finding the Bears, who definitely panicking for a QB, um, you know, were mainly, uh, you know, they they're panicking for the guy. So Gettleman was like, you know what, I'm trading down. And all of us were like, when we got the news, we're like, Gettleman traded down in the draft? What? Uh, and then he ends up getting a first, like a third. He got a yeah. fantastic haul for the 11th pick, moved the move down. And then we draft, you know, Tony or a uh, gadget receiver who I really like, who is just quick. Um, and, you AK know, Young Joker, the we, rapper. We like, you know, he's a fan favorite of ours. Um, you know, he's constantly hurt. He misses like six games every year for various ailments uh, to have a guy like him, you know, Tony come in and the rest of the draft, we target edge rusher. we got more depth in the secondary. I know we didn't hit offensive line, but you never know. We can sign a veteran in the off season or, you know, on a draft, the free agent or whatever, it could be a hit. Um, overall, I was just very happy as uh, a Giants fan uh, with the off season gentleman had. I was very surprised, um, but again, just super happy. And, and uh, there seems to be a lot of promise going forward for, for the Giants. Yes, I think um, I think as a whole, looking at the acquisitions this offseason, I feel like this is Daniel Jones's. He's given everything, and like not to be honest, if you if he can't win with what he's given now, it might we might have to take an, uh, another look. Uh, we might have to look at other options. If Daniel Jones, he's got the veteran receivers. He's got. He said a more experienced offensive line. We only added one other one um, from the Texans. His name blanking right now. His name, uh, excuse me. You have Zach Fulton, the veteran uh, guard who joins us now, but we have returning Willie Hernandez and Nate Soldiers coming back from um, uh, not playing because of COVID last year. And the line really stepped up towards the end of it. So I think, we were okay there. And then you also don't forget we added Kyle Randolph. Um, sorry, Kyle Rudolph uh, is our, I don't know, I guess, I guess they're going to try to do the two tight ends uh, uh, um, formations and have on each side. And you can have a wide receiver. You have a pro, you technically have two Pro Bowl tight ends there somehow, some way. But also don't forget Kyle Rudolph barely drops the ball as well. He only had three in the last two seasons. And they're also just genuine good blockers. So, and big thing here, you have Saquon Barkley coming back. It's like signing a major running back. And like I said, now Daniel, this is all Daniel Jones. This is his game. And you know what, Alex, if he can't win with what he's given now, it looks like he wasn't our guy. Do you think Daniel Jones is going to go in the right direction or are we going to be looking for another quarterback next season? I mean, I, I hope it goes in the right direction for our mm-hmm. sake, right? You know? Yeah. Um, but you're right. It's, it's just the weapons that are coming back. Saquon is going to be ready week one, or at, at least reports are saying he's going to be ready for week one coming and back. He looks cool on Instagram. It, it, yeah. He's looked like a beast working at this ACL injury, coming back, working alongside his forward teammate in, uh, in Odell. Um, you know, so it's, um, you know, the weapons that we gave him, and I know a lot of people are like, we didn't address offensive line of the draft. And, and you know, to me, and talking with some of my friends, uh, it's just that I feel like with Joe Judge um, he, and, and Gettleman, and I could be wrong here, but I feel like maybe they thought that 
add depth in other positions, but it's like we won't draft offensive linemen because we like the guys that we have and we don't want them to feel that they're going to be replaced right away. Um, and we got to see how they are. Um, I could be totally wrong, but I, that was kind of my mindset. But just with Daniel, about with him, it's just that the weapons that we gave him and everything that he has, he has to, you have to have success. And if he struggles again, then it just clearly shows that he's not our guy. And then the thing is, and, and, and as awful as it sounds, is that we do have the Bears first round pick. Uh, and they're most yeah. likely going to have, you know, Justin Fields start at least at some point in the season. I don't know how many games Andy Dalton's going to start. So if that's the case, you know, at worst, um, you know, that pick's going to be top 15. At best, the pick's going to be a top yeah. five pick. The Bears, the Bears aren't really projected to do that well in their tough division. I don't think they're going to be making any strides, though they did make the playoffs last year. I do think it's more of a rebuilding year, so yeah. that's going to go in our advantage. And you know, watch out. You know, one person that's really good that's held his own when he started playing center was Nick Gates. Hmm. He didn't allow a sack last season, and you saw like in the Rams game, he was doing pretty well t- holding down. Um, Aaron Donald and stuff. So he's hasn't just another year on his back. And then I know Willie Hernandez has some concerns, but he does have some talent in there. And, um, you have Andrew Thomas again, who also made some strides. We did way better as the season progressed. I just feel that, um, you know, we had some replacements we needed to get in, uh, in the, uh, especially the pass rush when Thomason left and stuff. So, um, I think we're in a good spot. And I think, uh, like you said, it's Daniel Jones's position to lose. And he probably has the most to prove out of any quarterback in the yeah. entire league. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, and like I said, we only hope for success, but it looks like they're putting foundation in place for him to be successful, right? At the end of the day, mm-hmm. for Daniel to be successful. So, you know, we just have to see. And, and the thing is, and a lot of people are forgetting, is that they're hopefully these players are going to have a full – offseason and OTAs. So, you yeah. know, I, I know, I know a lot of people were bashing Thomas at the beginning of last year. He was a rookie without training camp or OTAs. <laughs> so you have to think about that. And I know there's other people you can look at the draft. And then, oh, well, you know, these other offensive linemen backed in and all these other guys did great. It's like, yeah, that's true. But some people can start right away. And some people would take some adjustment period. Yeah. Like you said, Thomas looked better towards the end of the season. And I feel like coming in this year, full training camp, full OTAs, and hopefully Nate Solder as, as a guy who's been a successful tackle in this league, as a guy, as a veteran, kind of as, as uh, you know, as a mentor to him, only things can happen. So, you know, like you said, Dan Jones has a lot to prove because the Giants aren't messing around. We got another first-round pick from the Bears, and like, like you said, you know, he really has to prove something here because if not, the Giants have two first-round picks. They can potentially move those. Yeah. get their quarterback that they want. Unless they, like I said, unless the Bears might struggle and we have a top five pick anyway and there's a guy that they like, then they could do it there. But if that's not the case, you know, let's say the Bears have something, Justin Fields plays hot and they go on some hot run and it's, you know, you know, well, and the Giants or wherever, they can use those two picks and maybe more to move up to get their guy. So for oh, yeah. sure, Daniel has a lot on his plate this year. And, you know, I hope that he succeeds because we gave him, all the weapons that he can ask for, including wide receiver depth this year. So we just have to kind of see what happens going forward. But again, this should be a very interesting year and hopefully a successful year for the Giants. I think so. It's our time now. You know, you have the, I, I, you have the Eagles. They're a mess. Yeah. I know I, they have I, a I, new I'm coach. I love it. Yeah. But, you know, 
We hate them because they did. They clearly <laughs> in the draft trading with the Cowboys out of all teams yeah. to have specifically the pick before us, hosing us down six months earlier, didn't play specifically played did not play their heart out to lose and cost us a playoff spot. Just more of an incentive to hate the Eagles more than anything. And uh, having said that, though, we weren't able to get Devontae Adams, but we have Kadarius Tony. Now, people say he might be the biggest steal of the draft. He's like a Tyreek Hill figure. He probably played with special teams. And don't forget, Daniel, um, Joe Judge is a special teams coach over everything. Special teams coach specialist. I think having that, like, he can figure out a way to make him like another Devin Hester. Do you think um, this is the biggest steal in the draft? You excited for Kadarius Tony, a.k.a. Young Joker, the rapper as well. I don't know if you saw any of his SoundCloud, but he's not bad. Um, good. Yeah, yeah, I was kind of upset because I wanted Devontae Smith and then the Eagles. Oh, yeah, sorry, sorry, Adam. Sorry, Devontae Smith. Sorry. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and I wanted, I kind of wanted to see him in a giant uniform, but it's okay. I was like, you know what? All right. So we trade down. We got that first one. Once we trade down and I saw the haul we got, I was like, all right, we're good. Mm-hmm. And to get a guy like Tony and uh, talking with my dad, because, you know, a lot of people are like, oh, this is kind of a reach. But like you said, like, if you see some of his highlights, like the dude's hard to tackle. He yeah. breaks out of tackles constantly. Uh, he just flies on the field. He has a speed. Um, and I think Judge can use him in a lot of different places. Like, what I love him to be the next Devin Hester? Absolutely. But the problem was Devin Hester was a special teams specialist and not really the best of receiver. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he was – he had moments where he was very good. But I'm just saying, like, Tony seems to be, like, hopefully the complete pack. Like, he can be a special yeah. threat. He can be a perfect slot receiver. He can be a perfect gadget guy. He, you can get him out there. He, he has, you know, great speed. He can, you know, get, you know, get downfield uh, in a hurry. So he seems like the competent player. And, and, and the one thing that I saw, and I know, you know, he's going to be like, you know, in the NFL for the Jaguars head coach, but the fact that Urban Meyer, who I, I think most of us respect as, as a, a talent evaluator, um, saying that it broke his heart that the Giants took Tony before they could take him at 25 <laughs> uh, just shows that maybe he could be a special player in this league, and that's all we can hope for. And I, like I said, like you said, I think Judge has a lot of plans for him. Uh, which is why we took him where we did, because like you said, he could be a special teams threat, um, but you can get him out in gadget plays. You can get him out in the slot. And like you said, yep. maybe you can have him do the home run play. So I, I really like him. And I think, you know, he could be a great fit for the Giants going forward. So as we wrap up the NFL chat, I just want to name some teams with some, who made some crazy moves, big moves. I just want to just see if you can give me a few thoughts on the teams. Um, Houston, Texas, are they, are they the biggest mess in the history of the NFL right now? Do you think they're going own 16 bad or do you think they have some games they can salvage with everything going on, losing veterans, who knows what's going on with the Shaw Watson, the coach, new coach that people seem were disappointed to get. Um, you think the Texans are anything? Uh, I think they're going to, they're going to struggle. Uh, I think they're going to really, tough spot um obviously what's going on with Sean Watson um you know it's not great um you know we don't condone any any of that stuff absolutely um so you know we got to see what happens there um again though he's definitely going to be suspended by the NFL at this point with the amount of allegations against him yeah um especially if he is you know proven guilty um on some of these uh cases so they are a mess and the mess started before this new head coach came in, 
before the you know whoever it was when they traded DeAndre Hopkins and got that's what started in return. That to me is start, is start the absolute downturn on an aging running back who's been injured the last two seasons and a second round pick and a couple other picks. Nothing worthwhile. And if you look at it. To me, you know, DeAndre Hopkins, you can argue, is probably one of the best, if not the best receiver in football. If you look at it compared to what the Giants got, to compare to what DeAndre Hopkins got, the Giants won the trade pretty much at the end of the day. If, or, you know, the, the Browns did well as well. But I'm just saying the Giants got a first-round pick. And, you know, if you look at it, you know, uh, you got Kevin Zeitler, who was solid for a few years. Andrew Pro Peppers, who's turned into a, a, a great, you know, mm-hmm. pretty good safety for us. Oh, yeah. Um, compared to what the Texans got. We <laughs> did the Giants did very well. To me, like, the Giants getting a first-round pick and the players that they got, um, you know, compared to te- – the Texans should have at least gotten, like, two first-round picks. Potentially, they should have gotten at least one first-round pick. Yeah, right. Potentially two second-round picks. You know, they should have gotten an absolute haul for them. And seeing that trade, I'm like, the Cardinals just pulled off – Highway robbery for this guy, and and that's when I kind of started to realize like the Texans are a lot more dysfunctional than I really thought. And you saw that this whole yeah, season. like um, with everything all the Texans and JJ Watt leaving, it's just a bit of a mess. But you know, what do you want to say, Matt? I was just gonna say I wouldn't be surprised if they relocated by the end of the decade the way they've been dwindling down. And uh, I mean, I'm not in Houston to confirm uh, to like what's it like down there, but geez, how can they go? <laughs> it seems they're even losing faith, faith in it just yeah. shows. It just yeah. shows. No, yeah. yeah, no, it definitely does. I mean, it, to go from being an AFC contender for the first, what, five, six years oh, you know, yeah. with the JJ of the JJ White era, as you say, the Watson, you know, they're being a playoff team, consistent playoff team till now where you're kind of talking, like you said, like, are they going to win a game this year? Like who? Like yeah, you have Tyrod Taylor playing. Yeah, you might win a few, but like from what we know, the Texans, you know, were consistent. Like I said, pretty much up until that DeAndre Hopkins trade. It's just just to see a complete like one eighty from this yeah. team to go from uh, AFC South contender because there's a playoff, you know, guy or at least fighting for the playoffs in the AFC South to now probably. Being one of the worst teams, if not the worst team in the NFL, it, it could happen. We don't know. There could be weird things that happened this year as well. But on paper, they're 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 just an absolute mess, uh, especially with a new head coach coming in. Yeah. Uh, so who knows? But yeah, it's it's going to be a very weird year. And like you said, I think a lot of us are kind of waiting to see what happens with with Watson and the whole situation that's going on there. Definitely. Um, so yeah, we'll see. It's yeah, it's been a very very weird offseason for the Texans, to say <laughs> Now, one person you mentioned, Urban Meyer, Jacksonville Jaguars, bringing in Trevor Lawrence. Uh, Tim Tebow coming back, but let's be real. He's not making the team, but that is you something. Tebow <laughs> sell those jerseys, man. That is true. I, I, I'd i be very surprised if he is, but um, do you think the Jaguars are going to be lit? Is Trevor Lawrence going to give them, like, now, are they, are they going to be competitive? Are they going to be worth the hype? Um, I think I don't know if they're going to be competitive right away, but at least they have their their franchise quarterback and the foundation mm-hmm. to start something. Um, I mean, we already know that the, the the Jaguars defense has always been consistent. I know you know they got rid of Jalen Ramsey and a few other their big names uh, when they kind of were dismantling the team. Um, 
but I think they can start to be successful. Um, you know, you, you have their guy and, you know, like we know, Trevor Lawrence is arguably one of the most type quarterbacks. It's probably Andrew Luck, um, in my opinion, um, Peyton Manning and those guys coming out. Um, you know, so if he has all the tools to be there, they have some weapons there. Um, but they have the foundation to start competing. I don't know if it's going to be right away, you know, especially with a rookie quarterback with the expectations of Trevor Lawrence. It might take them a little while to adjust mm-hmm. um, into the league. Um, but, you know, we've seen Urban Meyer and the way he's built college programs. And I know the NFL is completely different. Um, but I think this is kind of going to be the good, uh, a good start um, and a good era for the Jaguars football. They have their new coach who we've known to be, you know, one of the most successful college coaches. I know sometimes it does translate to the NFL, but um, yeah, I think Urban Meyer, you know, is, is a great coach. And, you know, I just hope for a success in Jacksonville um, with Trevor Lawrence. He's so excited to watch the college and I hope he continues that um, on the NFL level. Um, but I don't think they're going to be vibing for class, but who knows? Maybe they do. You know, they have a great, you know, you know, great, great season. But um, at least they have the foundational pieces there to start building something special in Jacksonville. All right. Just two quick, two final thoughts with football. One, the New York Jets. Robert Sala is their new coach. They obviously traded Zach Wilson. Um, they people were very intrigued with their other with their other first round pick trading up for um, Elijah Vera Tucker, Tucker, who people think that he might be actually the best guard in the game in this draft. Do you think the Jets are going to break their stigma? Is Salah finally the guy to break them out of their strides? Is Zach Wilson finally the the um? Uh, is finally the franchise quarterback that actually gives them success. Is anything going on with the Jets going to finally make them more respected? Um, I was texting my friend during this draft. Um, I, I was extremely impressed with the Jets draft this year. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. I, but I was messaging how I felt bad for Sam Darnold during the draft. Um, yeah, right. Just because... You know, I know that he's in Carolina now, um, and hopefully he has like a second wind and, and does well there, and they finally give him some some pieces there, which it looks like they have. But to see what the Jets drafted, you have to think in your head, like what was Sam Darnold thinking during the draft? Because you think they take their quarterback, then they take a guard, then they get him weapons, then they do like literally everything that Sam's been asking for for his first three years. They do that in one draft for their new quarterback, Zach Wilson. So, you know, I was very impressed. Uh, I think this is, you know – Zach Wilson is successful, um, which, uh, you know, the Jets fans are praying for at this point because it's going to be brutal for them if two guys they took, you know, top three overall don't pan out. Um, I think <laughs> yeah, this, I don't know yeah, what you do at the, that point. Yeah, I have no idea. Uh, <laughs> I think um, with what, you know, the hall that, you know, not the hall, but the draft that Douglas had was very smart, very targeted. Getting mm. lunch, very Tucker, I thought was a fantastic move. Yeah, trading um, up for him too. Yeah, now yeah, now you have like pretty much your left hand side with with uh, Becton and Vera Tucker there, uh, you know, and just building around you know uh, Zach Wilson. It, it seems that they're kind of starting to tread that the right direction. And if if Wilson has success, then I think they're going to do well, especially if the way Douglas is going to build the team, the way that he seems to be building it. Like I'm going to build this team now around you. Um, so you just got to hope for that, and, and for Jets fans, you know. 
you know, I always, you know, feel bad because mm-hmm, it seems mm-hmm. that things happen to them um, and they don't exist, but let, you know, you just got to hope that Zach Wilson comes in uh, and gives them a little bit of success. But I think the future is bright uh, for the Jets. Yeah. I mean, this is a big moment. They are the NFL's longest playoff drought. And if they don't win this year, it officially is the long ties the franchise season, 11 straight seasons with not one playoff appearance. And then um, last but not least, Pers- the biggest story in the NFL on N- on draft day was not the draft, but it was Aaron Rodgers. A story that Adam Schefter broke of Aaron Rodgers wanting out of Green Bay. Now, Alex, do you think? Let me just ask straight on: Is Aaron Rodgers a Packer week one of the NFL season? At this point, yes. Really? But, um, Tell I, me why. Why you think so? I thought, and I could be wrong. Um, here, I think yes, because I thought if it was going to happen, because of Sword Brook on draft day, right? Mm-hmm. I would think that the 49ers would have, in which they supposedly did offer the Packers something, and the Packers said no. Um, yeah. I would have thought if something were to happen, it would happen on draft day because I think the 49ers would have the best package with giving him the third pick, uh, Jimmy Garoppolo, exactly, uh, and maybe a few other draft picks to get Rodgers. Now that didn't happen. Now, you know, it's like now if you look at it, the really place that could Rodgers could end up will be Denver. Um, so it all depends. And, you know, I think he'd be there. Like, I think I think he he's going to be on the roster. Is he going to be there week one of the season? That's <laughs> yet to be seen. But I think that at this point, there's not a lot of places to me that I think the Packers would get the haul that they want. And I think they're really going to, it seems that they're really going to hold on for dear life here. Um, because it just seems that there's some draft day offers and they shot him down and said, no, he's our guy. Yeah. So I'd be very surprised uh, to see him being moved. I know that uh, I think I don't know when the date is, but I know there's a deadline with the term of this contract that like he has to be moved pretty much by a certain date. Otherwise, it's going to be like a huge cap hit. Um, so we'll see what happens in the next few weeks. But I think right now, I think the Packers are going to hold firm and try to force him to mm-hmm. either play or like he said, he might legitimately retire. Pull Levy yeah. Bell, take the year off, and then maybe he'll go sign with the 49ers or whoever um which i don't know how that works out um but we'll 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 see what happens but i think at this point i i don't really see the packers uh aggressively trying to move him now obviously uh, the story very media driven i've heard reports about jordan love still has a way to go and stuff like this so that's just really hard to grasp what the actual narrative is but Beyond that, we just know that Rodgers is upset. Give me your honest opinion, Alex. Do you think he had the right to be upset? Does he have the right to cause this this mess, um, seeing these other quarterbacks get paid? But he has been getting, um, you know, not getting his request to help the team in the in the um, offense line. Obviously, NFC Championship kicking in instead of going for it on fourth down, giving the ball back to the Bucks that they never got back in the game. Do you feel are you basically on Rogers side in this or are you more of the Packers side? Uh, definitely on Rogers side of this. Mm-hmm. It's not mainly from last offseason. It's just from the last few years. Um, yeah. 
I would be annoyed if I was mm-hmm. him. There's clear signs of positions that they needed, and the Green Bay kept on acting <laughs> more of him. Yeah. Um, and yeah, they pick a quarterback. We like he's mm-hmm. and and and, uh, and Devontae Adams is a special receiver. He had a special year this year, mm-hmm. but. That he needed another guy, you know, like you Definitely. can't just throw it to Devon Adams every single time. Like he pretty much <laughs> was this season. Um, he's been asking for that for years. He's been asking for, you know, different pieces on the offensive line. You can just tell that he just wanted, he just wanted things, you know, people, he wanted the Packers to hear him out. I want to, you know, I want a wide receiver. I want to maybe a competent tight end. I want this. Hear him out. Don't take a first round quarterback who you might not plan to play for a few years when you're in the prime of Aaron Rodgers' career right now, when you clearly need a receiver or an offensive lineman or def- defense, you need a corner to go next to you know, Jahir Alexander or whatever. Like, he, he's very justified in being annoyed. I, mm-hmm. If I was him, I, I would be annoyed too because it's like, it, it's, it's, they're not, it's like, why aren't you hearing me? Like, I brought all your success. I'm your franchise quarterback. Hear me out. If Tom Brady asked for a wide receiver, if Tom Brady, look, look what happened to Tom Brady. Yeah, yeah that was what, exactly what I was going to bring up. <laughs> He asked for Antonio Brown. He gets Antonio Brown. Like, there's other, you know, there's other, you know, you look around, you can do, even look at the Giants. Like, get him. I'm going to get you another weapon. We're bringing in Tony. I'm bringing, I'm giving you Galladay. Like, the Packers could have gone after Galladay. They didn't. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> how awesome would it, how crazy would it be if they had Devontae Adams and Kenny Galladay? That's two really good wide receivers for Aaron Rodgers. Like, there's certain things that, you know, you can just tell that he just got built of frustration because it's like, you, it's like, what, what else do I need? That's for, and supposedly, you know, the Jordan Love pick really bothered him because they didn't talk to him about it. They didn't say, hey, we're looking at this guy, you know, is it, is, you know, like, not like, is it cool if we take him, but we're looking at Jordan Love. Maybe what do you think about him? Would you want him in the quarterback room with you? Maybe something like that, right? Um, they were just like, no, nah, we're trading up and we're going to take him. And it's like, Wait, what? Now, like you're playing my successor, but I'm still like playing at MVP level, mm-hmm. and we really need some other things other than a quarterback right now. So I'm totally on his side um, of him being frustrated um, and him wanting out. Um, you know, uh, I probably, if I was him, I probably would have started saying something, uh, maybe mm-hmm. towards after during the beginning of the off season to maybe get the Packers' wheels turning on making a move instead of waiting until draft day for the story to really break but again he could have been keeping it private and then you know more and more so it started becoming more public that he's talked to some people in the front office and that got you know out to Schefter and he reported it um so I'm definitely I'm definitely on on Roger's side though because it, it, there's clear signs that of why he is frustrated and why he wants out for sure Excellent points, Alex. And like um, and like you were alluding to, look what the, the Bucks, they really did make it make or break. We're going all in on Brady's demands and they won the Super Bowl and they beat a really great Chiefs team to win it, too. And I think Rogers just wanted that to happen to him and it didn't. And now it's been on awkward few weeks and time will tell what's going on. So we'll quickly hit on that. National Basketball Association. Alex, where do I start? Let's just let's just get the uh, elf out of the room. The New York Knicks. Who would have thought, Alex, with a week to go? Well, it, no, yeah, less than a week. The season ends on Sunday. Yeah. Yeah. In five days, the New York Knicks 
are looks like unless they collapse, I really don't think with four games to go, they can win at least two of them. But it really looks like the Knicks are going to be a fourth seed, if not a fifth seed. But all in all, the Knicks are not going to be in the play-in tournament. When we saw the play-in tournament, we thought that's for us. If we get this play-in tournament, it'll be huge. But no, we're not going to. It looks like we're not going to do it. We're a playoff team. The New York Knicks are a playoff team in 2021. Isn't it something after this life-changing pandemic, then the Knicks are good again. Where do we Where do we start with Thibs to playing defense to Julius Randle turning into a top 10 NBA player, arguably? Uh, R.J. Barrett is turning into a legit star in himself. Emmanuel quickly, it looks like he could be a legit player. Derrick Rose is resurrected. Nerlens Noel's resurrected to Todd Gibson, even the Knicks. Alex, talk to me. How you feeling about the Knicks? We finally, since I've known you, we've waited for this day that this could happen. And the Knicks have respect, all in all respect. How do you feel about the Knicks, Alex? Uh, I'm just so I'm just so happy and excited um, that. You know, I know it's weird because it's a different year, but actually, no, it's not else. But we're we're in, <laughs> we're in May, you know, pretty much. You know, the play, yeah. you know, playoffs are usually a little bit earlier, <laughs> but we're in May, and we get to talk that the Knicks are going to be in the playoffs, and yeah. that's just super exciting. Um, we haven't had that in a long time, um, you know. So, and just with this team, like you said, who would have thought? You know, we got tips coming in. You know, and we're like, okay, he's going to help these young guys, right? Mm-hmm. Young guy coach, he's going to work them hard. And then we're like, ah, you know, we'll play in. Maybe eighth seed at best. If not, <laughs> we'll miss the playoffs by a little, right? But we'll have promise. This is finally promise. Yeah. And then it's like, well, Julius Randle's working off in the, like, working hard in the offseason. Okay, this is looking good. And then he comes in, he starts dominating, and Tibbs getting him. Like I said, I, I just early on when we talked, you know, a few months ago about this, it's just that, like, it just seemed that Tibbs – you know, and I understand a lot of people are like, well, you know, Randall's not a missing thing, but it's like Tibbs got him the ball in areas where he can be successful. It wasn't yep. ISO ball like last year where every, all the Knicks fans, he's not us. We need to trade him. He's not an ISO player. He's not our star. It's He's not, he's not going to do this. It's like, well, Randall put in the work in, but it's like Tibbs is like, I'm going to get you successful. You know, like I'm going to yeah. get you the ball where you're hot, you know, where you're comfortable. We're going to get you the ball. And, and like you said, you know, RJ, it was huge for RJ to come into his own this year and yeah. prove that and prove that you know he wasn't a bust or whatever. I know it's early on. I said usually you have to wait three years, but a lot of people are like, eh, maybe he's not our guy compared to seeing the early success of Zion and John Morant. Um, to see him mm-hmm. come into his own and him and him dominate some games too, just to have those two going forward is going to be huge. Um, but just if he has to be the fourth seed, like I didn't even see us. Being before, like you said, it was us maybe playing at best, you know, mm-hmm. we'll see what happens. But the fourth seed, it just, you know, you just have to tip your hats off to Tibbs, uh, the whole coaching staff. I know Mike Woods had left, um, but it was really cool to see when he was back in the garden. Yep. You know, Julius Randle signed a jersey for him, gave it to him. All, all the players going over, hugging him. You know, it's just really cool to see this atmosphere that we have. And, and, and it's not, you know, like we didn't put a bunch of veterans together and, and, and whatever and superstars together have success. It's a bunch of young guys playing hard every day. And I think really the moment that that made me smile the most was this recent road trip in the huge yeah. Clippers. I think that was like that a was monumental big. win for the season. I think that might've been the best Knicks win of the year going on the road. We needed a big win. It was against the Clippers and the world. they needed to win too. Happen. Yeah. They needed a big one too. And it's like, Maybe, maybe we escape with a win, maybe not. But the fact that we came out, played really well, 
his scheduled win and now going on these last few games of the season where it's a little bit easier. Um, we should be winning at least two out of the next three. I know Boston, you know, they have the up and downs. I know they're the last and, and they lost Jalen Brown too. Yeah, so. they lost Jalen Brown. I know they've been up and down, but you never know. Jason Tatum could drop 50, you know, but uh, mm-hmm. you know, I think it's San Antonio, Charlotte, and then Celtics, if I'm not mistaken, they should win at least two out of three solidify the four seed. Um, but yeah, no, it's, it's been an awesome season. Uh, you know, I think this is one of the f- like first times in years that I literally been on my phone, like MSG Go, watching yeah. my TV, whatever. Like I've been waiting for next games to start, and usually, you know, I know come you know the, the weird year with the NBA and everything with the pandemic, but it's like usually in years prior by like you know midway through the season after the All Star break, it was like, ah, well, it was a good run. All right, on to next. Now it's like I need to watch them every night. We yeah, going on, and you know. Yeah, it's just oh, it's just tips to everyone, you know, Coach Tibbs, like I said, the coach staff and the players, um, and just Julius Randle, you know, it, I guess he was hearing what we, what what Knicks fans are saying. Um, I've always been a big fan of Julius Randle. I know last year a lot of people were upset with him, and I I, I might have talked with you about this too. Mm-hmm. Is that, like I said, we have to wait. He's not an ISO player. We have to see. Yeah, we got to get someone that does make him ISO player. And now we see that, you know, like he's good in similar single ISO moments when he's hot and stuff like that. But it's like get a ball in his last spots and he'll, he'll carry us. And just to see him say, I'm going to work on my game in soft season. I'm going to be the first, you know, first one there, last one to leave mentality. You know, you hear the great story about what he learned from Kobe and how he's yep. taking that into this season. And now these young guys are doing that too. We see quickly, like after games shooting up like 600 shots mm-hmm. and all these other guys too. It's like really great to see these young guys really committed. And, you know, it's showing the success that it had. And we just want to have that going forward. You know, we have a young core going forward. And and we hope, you know, like I was telling someone the other day, if we had Mitch Robinson, this would yeah. be an even greater thing. And unfortunately, he got he hurt his foot um, again. But it's like if we had that that piece there, all of us would be like, oh, my God, this is our future. But now we know it's like, OK, we need to keep Julius here. RJ's covering his own. We get Mitch back next season. Let's see what the success we have. But just this, this has been such a fun, fun, fun year. Yeah. Um, and it's something that we all need, especially after this pandemic year and everything. But it's been such a fun year as a Knicks fan to finally feel success. And I'm just super excited for the postseason. And how about D Rose, too? What mm-hmm. he's been turning into, uh, he bit all over the place from the T Wolves to the Pistons. Uh, wasn't Nick for a hot minute in 16 and then came back here? And he's just, you got to be just so happy for him because we know he's that that body made of glass. It's turning into like driving down the lane and being a, um, veteran presence how you feel about d rose's resurrection yeah i i always love d rose he did have a, a pretty successful year a lot of people forget like he's had successful seasons when you know but it just wasn't at the caliber that we know him definitely of, you know it wasn't his mvp year youngest mvp in the league and you know he had his unfortunate injuries but he's still been a very successful player it just wasn't yeah. like the d rose that we all grew up watching and we're like oh my god this guy's mm-hmm. incredible but he's still very successful and and when we made that trade you know, my dad was like, why do, why do we need another guard? You know, we're going to take minutes away from some people. And since Nick fans too, are, we're losing minutes from quickly and all, you know, all these other players, it's like, we needed that veteran guard yep. to help quickly. We need that veteran guard to help this team to like keep everyone together. He, he obviously knows Tibbs. He's pretty much been with Tibbs his whole career at this mm-hmm. point. Um, so I knew coming in, I was like, if if he can be that veteran guy that he was in the Pistons or even the Timberwolves, where he has those flashes of moments, and, and it really helps us. Like, 
is going to be great for this team. And it proved that he's come back and he was like quickly a team guy, cared about everyone, really is helping everyone learning. And like you said, these last few games, he has been balling out. Um, and it's something that, you know, was needed. We needed a guy like that, a good scoring punch out of the bench or starting. Um, and to see him kind of have this nice little resurgence right before the postseason is great. Um, but he was definitely a key veteran that I was super happy to get. And and I always respect Derek Rose, and it shows that. And and I think, like, the moment uh, for me that I was like, he he's like a Nick. Like, this is like the guy we needed mm-hmm. was when Mitch Robinson went down and and then and Mike Green broke it to him, and, and he could tell how upset he was. You know, yeah. like he was like, you know, like I didn't know that. You know, I, I'm hoping he's all right. You know, like, and I was like, wow, like, you know. Obviously, it's an injury, but it's like, wow, like you could tell like how upset he was that he, he, he's he been here for like a couple of weeks and he's already, you know, like caring about every single person on this team. So it's it's been awesome. And I've been a true D. Rosevar and I love him in the Knicks uniform and, and yeah. I hope he continues success. He's definitely a guy that's, that was needed to be here to bolster the, the roster. And it's been definitely working dividends. And like you said, Emmanuel quickly being there, learning from Derrick Rose, like, I can't complain about that at all. Or some of these other guys, yeah. Arthur Barrett too. Um, you know, it's like the perfect mentor guy. And just to see him have the confidence back and playing well, it's just been awesome to see. As you mentioned with Mitch going down and Nerlens Noel, mm-hmm. the veteran coming in. How about him though? He's one of the most underrated centers in this whole league now, getting so many blocks, turnovers. I mean, these p- players, I mean, holding on against like Joel in, in some of the games we've seen. And how about him and what he's been doing, getting on those boards too? Yeah. I've, I've been also, I love, I've, I've really liked Norland's. Um, just watching him last year, uh, working, you know, I was mainly on OKC Thunder games. So I got mm-hmm. to see a lot of Norland's so well. When I signed the how Knicks, yeah, when I signed <laughs> the Knicks, signed him. I was excited because I know what he brings to a team and that's mm-hmm. just great defense. And he's a young guy. Like he's been in the league for a while, but I think he's like 28 or 29 now. Like he's like one of those, like kind of, you know, or he might be younger. He's like, I don't know, but yeah, he's one of those considered like one of those kind of younger veterans that's been in the league for a while. He's but, 27. Yeah. He's 27. So, you know, he's been in the league for a little, a little bit while. And it's funny because he's like technically a younger player, but uh, you know, you know, his skill set is kind of, perfect in like short not like short sports but he, his skill set is just so good on the defensive end yeah and Tibbs brings that out of him um and he's been elevated to take this bigger responsibility and it's shown you know we brought him in like, okay he's got to compliment Mitch really well but now it's like okay we need you to step up and he has you know like you said shot blocking key rebounds mm-hmm. causing turnovers it's like the reason why we brought him in to be that defensive specialist coming off the bench and he's done that um so I'm super happy for his success as well. I've always liked his game. I, I think he's, like you said, a, a very underrated uh, defensive center in this league. A lot of people forget about him, but he, you know, he does everything uh, extremely well in the defensive end. Um, and it's been showing, um, you know, down the stretch here, you know, after the Robinson injury, we needed him to step up and he has. So shouts really to no- Noel for that. Yeah. And just on the Knicks fandom part of this, Alex, one of the true, I can honestly say, and I take this bragging right very seriously, how we truly were Nick fans through this awful, the real awful stretch from Fizdale to Kurt Rambis to Derek Fisher and Hornacek until we got Thibodeau. Like, we've seen some bad stuff and people always make fun of us from it. And I've 
I'm working on right now getting this these shots of people making fun of the Knicks right now to show. And how do you feel as a Knicks fan? Your loyalty finally being rewarded. Uh, it feels it feels great. Um, it really does. It, it brings a smile to my face uh, that we're getting the respect. That, mm-hmm. Oh wait, like they're looking good, and it's yeah. cool. It's cool. Like uh, I think it was LeBron. I remember I saw someone um, say that like when the Knicks are yeah, it was LeBron. The league is successful, right? Yeah. It's just fun to watch, and it's true. Um, you know, you have the super team of the Nets, and everyone's like they're running New York, and it's like. Not again, even. It's like, it's like everyone's kind of paying attention to the Knicks now. It's yeah. Like, this is cool. Um, and we've been through so much, like you said. And like I said, it brings like a smile face. Like I, I'm finally like, oh, the Knicks are, Knicks are on at seven. I need to go. Mm-hmm. Like when have we, when were we able to do that? Like I think it was maybe Not like, even in college, yeah, man. <laughs> it was maybe, maybe in freshman year at most. Like one of the few last mellow good seasons. Exactly. That was where we kind of were like, oh, we got to watch. We're doing good. And it's been just such a long time. And it's, it's, it's like, I know that people are like, well, you know, Melo brought you to playoffs a year ago, but it's like after that stint, like everything that we've been through, it feels like it's been, you know, like so much in such a short amount of time to mm-hmm. finally us being this four seed and getting the respect around the league. Um, and people would just be like, wow, this has just been an impressive season for the Knicks and, and everything like that is just awesome. Um, and like I said, like just just getting that respect as a fandom now, it's like, wow, like because like I said, it's not like a super team, like, oh, we brought in all these people and we're the four seed. It's like these guys, like I said earlier, yeah. like, guys are all young. They're all like coached up, tips coached them all up. And now we have this and it's like, wow, the Knicks could be something in the future. So it's like it's just been awesome. Um and, you know, just at least for this year, barring any crazy Nick setbacks, but uh, it just brought up. Just, I'm just super happy always to see uh, see that we're finally getting some respect uh, in some regards here. And how about that? Like you said, on this stretch, we've beaten the Mavs, the Clippers. We really could have beat the Suns. Just Chris yeah. Paul showing his last strides <laughs> tonight. <laughs> tonight we have. I mean. It's the day after the recording, but tonight or this recording, we have Lakers Knicks. When was the last time you excited for Lakers Knicks? And LeBron's coming back. Yeah. Oh, cool. Right? Yeah. 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 Big big game for both. Um yeah. like I said, the Clippers one was a huge win. This just would be like massive if we yeah. win here. Um, but yeah, just the Clippers one was like, oh, this is good for the road trip for sure. <laughs> but this matchup, like it's on ESPN. It's going to be, mm-hmm. you know, like a huge the big game. times Doris um, yeah, Mike yeah. Green for that. But yeah. shout out to Mike Green for staying loyal too, as the Knicks yeah. main play by playing Walt and all them. Yeah. So, um, it was a big, big, big game right here. And Lakers not trying not to play in the playing tournament. So <laughs> yeah, it's going to be a fun, fun game to watch for sure. Just my last Knicks point is, um, so as you said, the future now, some people think, do they need to add an extra person? You know, Zion is available in 20 in two years and the Pelicans look like they all hate each other. And Zion said those, you know, comments about MSG. Any chance do you think in the long run Zion comes to the Knicks if Mitch Robinson isn't who he's supposed to be? Would you take it? Do you would you rather just wait for Mitch to hold his own? Or are you thinking time to get Zion, bring his BFF? Um, RJ's there. How do you feel? Uh, I don't know. I'm not going to jump on like the Knicks crazy uh, 
conspiracy timelines down the line. Oh, we can get this. Because like, we always fall into that trap, right? It's like, well, Definitely. You know, Gian- Giannis is going to come to us, right? It's awesome. And he signs a Supermax. Oh, you know, we got to get Katie and Kyrie or, you know, whatever. And they sign with the Nets. It's like, I'm not going to, you know, join uh, that. Um, would I love this high end in a Nick uniform? Absolutely. But do I think the Pelicans are going to keep him long term? Yeah, they'll make something work. It's just, mm-hmm. it's just like you know, uh, they have to find some formula down there. Um, they've tried like so many different things so far, and not, it hasn't been successful. Or well, okay, we'll make some bets with Zion, and we'll make, we'll have some young players with Zion. So it's it's tough with going on, but I, I don't think you know it would have to be like the catastrophic AD situation um, for for Zion to you know. Be like, yeah, I'm out of here. Um, but I'm not gonna, I would love him, obviously. Um, but be our power forward. Um, but I, you know, I think right now it's like we have to just bask in the, in the glory that is us being the four seed and, and, and hope that, you know, this offseason we, we make some moves and kind of bolster the roster and make another run at it. Um, Definitely. But yeah, I, I don't want to join. <laughs> I'm crazy as I on things, but I, I mm-hmm. like I said, I, I would love him in a, in a next uniform. But do I think it's going to happen? Probably not. And just the other thing I want to ask with the other Pelican who's leaving, the, who is leaving the team this year, Lonzo Ball. Do you think a lot of people think he could actually be a legit favorite to go on since D Rose? You know, we're having fun with him. He is older. You could get some fresh legs in there to grow the core even more. And we all know how great Zion is in assisting and stuff like that. Do you think any? Sorry, this is Lonzo. Great being the greatest sister and playing defense as well. Do you think any chance Lonzo comes to the Knicks this summer? I think there's a good chance. I think they're going to take a look at him. I know we signed um, the the European Argentine and the yeah, other Luca. Yeah, um, I know we signed him in the offseason. I know we didn't give him like a fully guaranteed deal. We'll see what he brings. Yep. Um, but I think they do take a look at him. Um, I don't know how much he's going to ask for. That's another thing as well. You have to think about keeping Julius long-term and as well as RJ. Um, uh, so, you know, I think he would be like the point guard that mm-hmm. that works for the Knicks, you know, pass first, you know, has worked on a shot a little bit. He's not as consistent as you would like um, as at, at the point guard position, but he, he has been at least working on his jump shot to be a little bit more consistent. But like you said, he's just a great facilitator, um, can run up and down the court quickly, you know, good on the defensive end as well. Um, so I think the Knicks do take a hard look at him. Um, it, I think really at the end of the day, it comes down to numbers and what they're kind of thinking about um, long-term because the way Julius Randle is playing right now, he can ask for a max contract um, because he's shown that he, he's a, He's worth it at that level yeah. uh, where he's going to play. He can play at that level um, for sure. So I think they will take a look at Lonzo. Um, it just really depends on the numbers, I think, at the end of the day. Definitely, definitely great points. And we're just having fun with house money. I think this team's good enough to win a round, especially if it winds up being like the Hawks um, coming in. It, like that looks like it could be a four or five in that sense. Or if for some reason the, you know, all the possibilities being presented. Yeah, but there's, it, the, there's a lot of cr- kind of crazy playoff uh, or end of regular season kind of seeding stuff happening this yeah. week. So it should be interesting to see what all, all goes down, especially in the East because everything's so close. Yep. So exactly. So it all come together on Sunday and we'll see what happens with it. But just any initial as we see the final days of this NBA season come to a close. Do you have any um, 
And as I talked to you before, we'll definitely talk throughout the playoffs uh, and an anticipated one. But do you have any like initial teams you're interested in seeing you think they can make runs, whether it's, I mean, the whole Brooklyn, I, I will probably now, oh, you, you're not hurt anymore, Harden <laughs> or Kyrie, you want to play fully? KD's back. We'll finally see the big three playing in the Nets. Are the Sixers going to hold it? They are on a crazy eight-game winning streak. Um, obviously, is the Lakers going to play in the playing tournament? Are uh, the Suns and the Nuggets battling it out? Just any initial thoughts? And then, obviously, when the playoffs come, we'll talk more in depth of it. But any like initial thoughts? How do you think the playoffs are going to go? Um, I'm very interested to see with the the playing in the West. Uh, especially mm-hmm. with the Lakers, um, because if the season <laughs> if the season were to end today, they would have to play the Warriors. Yeah, um, that's what I'm gonna ask too. Like, yeah, and, LeBron and Curry in the yeah, playing tournament. Um, and I think that's the one thing that LeBron doesn't want to see, and that's why the playing he kind of criticizes playing, which I think I, I really enjoy the playing uh, so far. I have really yeah. enjoyed that whole mentality. Um, but uh, I'm really interested to see how that that if that matchup does happen because it's like. The way Curry's playing right now, he's playing back. I was talking to my friend the other day. He's playing back at that MVP level that, that we know him. You know, he's dropped 49 and three quarters the other night. Like, he's just doing ridiculous mm-hmm. things. Uh, so, I think that that's a very tough matchup. Like, don't discount the Warriors. The way Steph's been playing these last few weeks is a 10 seed to go up against them. So, you know, that's something I'm looking at to see if that matchup does take place. Um because I think it could be really, really interesting um, to see what kind of happens there. Um, we all know postseason LeBron and, and, and the level he plays up, but he has been hurt. We have to see how he looks kind of tonight against the yeah, Knicks. Yeah, that's going to um, be fun. That's going to be fun. We'll see how he looks. Um, he might be out of minutes restriction. Who knows? I know AD is kind of getting back into his own, coming back off his own injury. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it's going to be interesting to see him come there. Um, you know, and then I'm really liking Phoenix. Um this year with Chris Paul, Um, just, you know, everything that he's brought the leadership and everything. I think they can be a team to kind of look out for a lot, a lot of people, you know, they have obviously successor, you know, top seed in the one of the top season in the West. Um, But a lot of people are not really counting, counting them. Right. You know, a lot of, you know, know, maybe, you know, we'll see, Uh, but I really like what I see, you know, Chris Paul brings that mentality. Jay Crowder is great. You know, the defense with Devin Booker and and DeAndre. And, you know, we all know Devin Booker, but DeAndre Ayton has been playing really, really well this season. Yeah, there's a a first round pick, very first pick. And he's he's coming into his own. And I think that's kind of the Chris Paul effect, getting in the ball at the right moments, getting his confidence up. Um, He's been playing really well. Um, so I think they're a team to look out for. Um, and then, like I said, like we said earlier, the East is going to be interesting to see these last few weeks, just to see how the seeding is. Um, but there's not really one particular matchup. I, you know, I think the biggest threat to me to the Nets are the 76ers, the way they've been playing, being super hot going into the postseason. Um, and I think they're a team that can match up defensively um, against the three-headed monster of the Nets. So we'll see. You know, if Harden comes back and then like he kind of gets over those postseason woes he had with the Rockets. They're going to be a tough team, obviously, with, you know, three superstar players. Um, but I think the 76ers could be a team that that does make a run um, and, and can make things tough for the Nets uh, if they do uh, eventually match up in the postseason. But stranger things have happened in the playoffs. We've seen upsets and everything like that. And the play in this year can cause a lot of upsets. So uh, we'll be- see. 
it's going to be such a ride, Alex. And like I said, and we talked right before plan is to just check in with people on this show after every round. And uh, we're going to miss you on the first preview show for it. But for the other ones throughout the next two months, it's going to be great to examine how this is all coming together. And uh, this is why we love hoops. And it's going to be great. Now, just our last subject is our baseball beat chat right here. So, I mean, where do I start? Before we get into our teams, Alex, what's going on with the umps? I swear every single time I put out John Boy or Sports Center, it's always about how bad an ump made a play or how sensitive like Angel Hernandez is. Alex, are we gonna have to go to a time where it's we might am I I can't believe I'm saying this, but <laughs> it's it's just hard to say, like to have robotic dumps. But I mean, it's crazy how specifically these first this first month of the season they're doing really bad, just straight up ignoring um, proof of mistakes in the challenge rule. I mean, this has been some time for the ump. What's going on, Alex? Yeah, I, I really I, I can't even begin to tell. I have no idea what's going on. Um, like you, it's like it seems like every other day. John Boy is posting something mm-hmm. about an up blowing a call, yeah, or whatever case might be. Uh, clear point that I have um, in mind, uh, being a Mets fan, was uh, kind of turned the tide of the game, but it was against the Phillies where they said it was McCutcheon stepped out of the baseline, <laughs> which he did not, yeah. and it, the runner was safe at first, but he was out by a mile. Uh-huh. Um, so they had to go to review and they kind of really, McCutcheon should have been safe as I get. He didn't stay. Uh, I, I don't know if it was worse out there, but um, he should have, it should have been an automatic out there for McCutcheon because he did not step out of the baseline at all. Yeah. They literally showed the graphic of him of a straight line that yeah. he was on. Uh, there was another one I saw, another Mets game. I think it was Familia through a strike right at the knees. It might have been on ESPN when it happened too. Mm-hmm. He threw a strike right at the guy. Like it literally, you have the good scoreboard. Gra- it, it painted the line perfectly in the strike <laughs> yeah. zone, and he called it a ball. <laughs> um, so you know, it's just been all over the place. And usually, we don't see that from MLB. Usually, they're they're umps. You know, there's mistakes here and there. Except Angel Hernandez. Yeah, except Angel Hernandez. You've seen this many mistakes so early in the offseason. Yeah, right. It was, I think it was the Phillies Braves game, the play at home where he didn't even touch home or whatever. <laughs> and he called them safe or he didn't touch the bag and he called them safe. Yeah. Um, so there's just been so many weird ups and downs to umpiring this year. And I don't know, like you said, I, I don't want to see robotic umps because God knows how that looks. <laughs> um, but they, someone has to tell them. So they have to really start looking at something because this is yeah. like kind of getting ridiculous that at least like once once a game and one game, there's some absurd missed call, you know, de- like strike down the middle, strike somewhere, ball, you know, whatever, like thing like that. Bots uh, calls at, at home or, you know, at first or whatever the case might be. It's just getting a little bit crazy at this point. Um, so we'll see what happens. I don't know if like Manfred's going to call up the, the ump union and be like, what the hell's going on with you guys? But yeah, cause we could um, trust what Manfred will do for this sport. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I don't know what he's going to do about this sport. Um, so I don't know if that, but I hear what you're saying up, for sure. Yeah. There, there definitely has to be some sort of conversation about what's going on. Yeah. You're costing teams play. I mean, even early on, if you lose by a game and a half or half a game or a game that was destroyed from an ump rules, well, there you go. And something has to be done, as you said. 
how do you feel about the extra inning stuff that's been going on? I personally don't, but I think regular season, yes. Mm-hmm. And they have it go games go faster. Let's be real, Alex. We talked about this when we had um Andy join us. Is games are long, and especially like if I'm need to get to ready for to, to get to work in the morning and I'm up at 11 30 and they're waiting the whole time. I actually am pro electrating rule for the regular season playoffs. It should not be based on chance like that. But do you think you've been having any problems with it? I've heard like, you know, quote unquote, the boomers <laughs> saying, Oh, this is traditional and stuff like that. But I think it's fine. I, I really think it. Don't forget it's for the, both the home and away team. So no one's getting screwed out of it. Yeah. But, um, I've liked the extra inning rule this season. How do you feel about it? No, I, I totally agree. I think it should be for regular season, at least. I don't know about the postseason. I don't, I don't really would like the postseason. But I don't know why people are complaining about it. It does speed up the game a little bit. Um, you know, as awesome as back then, being in 18 inning games and seeing that, like, yeah, it's cool. <laughs> um, but it's really only cool in, like, the playoffs or in the World Series. Like, we yeah. had the, the long extra inning game with the Dodgers a few years back, and, you know, that was fun to watch. But it's Game like, seven was extra innings, too, in, yeah. in 16. Yeah, so, like, that's cool. But, like, regular season, do I want to sit there for four hours, five hours? No. Uh, yeah. So, I was fine with it. And it's like, people are like, oh, it gives an advantage. You're like, you're right. No, both teams get a shot. But it's also, like, bring out your pitchers. You know, like, your pitchers have to do well. Like, they have to they have to do their job. They have to hold down. Um, and it just shows, you know, the team who has the better, you know, bullpens are going to end up pretty much winning those extra inning games. Right. Because- those guys lock it down. So, you know, it, you know, it just makes things easier. It's like, no, you still have to get up. You still have to go hit. You still have to get the guy in. And you only, you know, if you're going up against someone like a great bullpen pitcher, a great arm, it's going to be difficult to do that. So I'm all for it, at least for the regular season. Like, like I said, I don't know about postseason. Um, I think they should just go back maybe to traditional rules to the postseason um, just because it just adds a little bit extra, uh, drama and element, and I think that's what fans want in a postseason uh, game or you know series that they want that drama. You know, um, they want to see uh, you know who comes in the clutch and things like that. And I think that Jordan Rule takes that away. Uh, but for sure, uh, you know, I have really no complaints about the extra Jordan Rule. Definitely no, no here now. Let's hit on the Yankees real quick, Alex. Uh, at first. Felt like the sky was falling as a Yankee fan in the month of April. Then with the resurgence of Stanton finally making that money worth it with the team playing much better. Um, had a good weekend series against the Nats this past weekend. You had uh, getting two out of three out of from Houston. It's finally feeling okay. Um, though Judge can hit some more, needs to hit some more, really stepping up. He's had a really bad start and hasn't gone out of it yet. Um, you know, we were excited with Rooney Odor until he got hurt, was being a, another huge move, showing how good Cashman is. Luke Voigt comes back the time of this recording. You think the Yankees are going to be fine from here on out? It was just a really bad April. Yeah, um, I think so. You know, I- to me, like, I don't hit the panic button until, like, going towards the all-star break because that's yeah. when you kind of start realizing, like, oh, crap, like, this is how things are panning out, right? Like, you're either mm-hmm. – pretty much when you're hitting that moment, you kind of know if you're in it, you're starting to fall out of it. 
Right. Uh, so I really hit the panic button. You know, I know Yankee fans, even Mets fans, just New York fans in general, we're all quick to hit the panic. <laughs> um, but I think it was just a really bad start uh, for the Yankees. Um, in these last few weeks, they've kind of started to show, turn things around. Um, like you said, Judge does need to hit. Glaber needs to hit. Um, but I think, you know, they're kind of going to – they're trending towards – you know, balancing things out and getting things back together. And John Carlo is is clearly carrying the team right now, uh, just the way he's been hitting. Um, right. So, you know, I, I wouldn't think there's cause for concern. I think it was just a really bad start for the Yankees. Um, but, you know, it seems like they're starting to kind of get their things back and corrected and starting to getting things in hit. So, you know, Hopefully this next month is good for them. You know, the month of May is good. They can start hitting again um, because they really need to start uh, doing that because their team is so offensive driven. Um, So, you know, I wouldn't hit the panic button yet, but I think it was just a bad start. Um, And, you know, I think they'll probably start turning things around soon, at least with the flashes of, 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 uh, of greatness, I guess, if you will, not really greatness, but you know, mm-hmm. good signs, you know, these last few weeks from the Yankees, it shows that they're having a little bit of life. Um, and, you know, I think that hopefully will translate going into this month. I think it will too. I, I, uh, I'm excited with the teams pulling together, you know, uh, the pitching, the starting pitch, the bullpen is one of the best in baseball starting pitching has been hit and miss Garrett Cole's been fought, been, uh, himself, Corey Klub at first, eh, but now he, he had a good start against the Nats last week, keeping a, his old holding his old against Scherzer. Tyone, um, then jury, I'll let the jury out on him as well. But um, oddly, Germain, well, no, Germain first started well, but he had a couple of bad starts lately. But um, don't forget, Luis Severino's come back very soon too. And uh, like you said, it's May, so we have nothing to worry about. <laughs> And last but not least, the New York Mets, Alex. What's the first question? I asked Rat or Raccoon, but um, too bad they debunked that. Or Don, D- Donnie Diesel. How'd you like how'd you like these stories? The Mets keeping themselves in the headlines with Donnie Diesel, Rat or Raccoon. Just to add it to the is it KFC Barstool? Some of our Barstool has the the Mets bracket of like <laughs> all-time stories i gotta look just, that up <laughs> just just add yeah it's hilarious if you look like if you look mm-hmm. up like mets if you look like mets like like all-time headline stories there's a bracket uh oh of Marcel, and it's hilarious so rider raccoon has to definitely be added on there and then <laughs> and, and diesel um but yeah it it's just uh this is the mets being the mets at the end of right. the day um but i'm happy to see that like you know as as Blasphemous as that story of Lindor and McNeil fighting over if it was a, a, a rat or a raccoon to see them kind of like come together and hug it out. And they're all like kind of like cheery and smiling and everything. And it seems like they fired each other up because they've been doing extremely well. Yeah. Games. I haven't lost yet. Um, and they've been on a winning streak. Uh, maybe the rat or raccoon will be like kind of the the rally cry for <laughs> this Mets team going forward, uh, you know, making a hopefully a postseason push. Um, maybe that maybe it was that moment that kind of turned the, the team around, you know, um, and everyone says, you know, uh, you know, sometimes arguments cause, you know, uh, things that happen and people to come together. And maybe that was the one moment that, you know, they both chirped at each other and then the team kind of came together and realized, you know, we're, we need to be brothers. We need to, you know, battle together. And now we won, you know, we're on this winning streak. So, um, 
you know, it's been, it was a crazy, a crazy headline week with the Donnie and the rat or raccoon, but uh, at least see the Mets win at least uh, after that. Uh, it, it's been fine. I've, I've been okay with it. Do you think, um, yeah, any way to help? Uh, and uh, speaking of the Mets, so the first place Mets in the NL East, um, how are you feeling about them in general now since this change and, you know, winning five in a row, about to play the Orioles the time this recording? And um, again, also tomorrow, last night for the show, yeah, Matt Harvey making a comeback. So more fun things for the Mets to take in. But you like what you see in this team after an okay start, but um, during this phenomenon, they've been playing well ever since. Yeah, no, yeah, for sure. I'm happy to see, you know, it stinks that the Grom went is down for, you know. Yeah, I was going to say he's he's in the uh, IL for the 10-day yeah. IL. You worried so, about that at all or no? Uh, no, I, I was telling, you know, my dad called me and asked about if I was a little nervous. Um, you know, just seeing that there wasn't any structural damage or, you know, anything crazy. I think it's just more of being overly cautious. Mm-hmm. Um, with him, obviously, he's playing at his typical Cy Young level, if not MVP level, um, yeah. the first two starts of the year. Um, and it was just fun to watch. So I think you're just being a little bit cautious. Um, you know, he might miss his next two starts, obviously. But I'd much rather him just rest up uh, than him try to, you know, us trying to rush him back out for his next start and uh, and hurt himself further. So, um, you know, I'm not a little ner- – I'm not nervous, um, especially, you know, we have the Orioles, which, you know, hopefully we <laughs> against the Orioles. If not, it'll kind of be a disaster. Um or at least win the series against them. Um, but yeah, so far, you know, it was a little bit of a shaky start, um, you know, but like I said, the last few games, you kind of see everyone kind of turn the corner, you know, hopefully Lindor starts really being consistently hitting. I know he kind of has a trend to start slow. Um, so I know a lot of Mets fans are like, who may might've seen Lindor in Cleveland are kind of nervous and panicking that we paid all this money to a guy. Um, but he, he starts a little bit slow, but I, hopefully he's fired up. You know, he's, he's hit some big hits and big home runs. Um, you know, he had a big home run and then, you know, a couple big hits uh, and, or he gets on base, you know, he's on base and he's making plays and things like that. And he's been great defensively. Um, so, you know, so far, uh, I, like I'm not hitting any panic buttons. Uh, I, I'm, I'm okay, and this is just a good series coming up. You know, you just have to hope they can win the series here, and, and just really have to, you know, carry these next two weeks or however long you know Degrom might be out. Um, the starting pitchers really have to step up um, without him being around, and, and the bullpen's been great uh, these last. You know, they've been a key reason to this winning streak. Yeah. Um, so if they can just keep that it with up, Diaz, not too bad. Yeah, yeah not too bad. Familiar's looked like you know. World Series, you know, 2015 familiar lately. Oh, yeah. Um, so, you know, if, if the bullpen can keep it up and the Mets can just, you know, you know, scrap, <laughs> scrap two wins without DeGrom um, these next few weeks, uh, you know, without him on the hill and the confidence that we're most likely to walk away from win, even though we don't really score for him. Um, <laughs> Isn't we, that something, man? That yeah. the DeGrom cur- odd curse of that. Yeah. And yeah. he he might get in the Hall of Fame with less than a hundred wins yeah. without that. Yeah, which, I think he's at seventy three yeah. right now. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's it's gonna be crazy. Um, so you know they can scrap by uh, without him. You know, start pitching and the bullpen really have to hold down uh, the fort for the two weeks. You know, I think would we'll be in, in good position. Um, but so far, I've just been liking everything that I've been seeing. I know it's been a slow start for the Mets as well. Same with similar with the Yankees, but we seem to be kind of turning the corner, especially on this winning streak for sure. Definitely. And also 
a lot of credit to Taiwan Walker, who's mm-hmm. been uh, pitching really well. That Adonis of a man. I don't know if you saw the cut up shirt picture of him walking <laughs> around with um, Pete. With uh, Pete Alonso had these funny Donnie Diesel shirts, and there's one of him. He's the real Donnie Diesel, if you're asking me. <laughs> yeah, he's been great. I love what I see from Taiwan. Uh, I thought it was a good signing, and uh, he's been showing that he's he's kind of bounced back and being the wild pitcher that that he he can be. So it's been good to see him have success here in, in a Mexican form for sure. Yeah, and like not to take any way thing away from him, but when Bauer didn't work, I get Tom Walker and look at what he's doing. And yeah. it's not the headache that Trevor Bauer is giving to other people. So I think sure. he dodged the bull on that. Yeah. Sure. Well, Alex pleasures, always two epic hours of great content, dude, as the weather's getting warmer, Let's have some more fun. Let's get to some games and reunite in person as we're both fully vaccinated people out there and definitely make sure it happens for the listeners who are willing to do it. And um, yeah, is there anything else you want to say before we uh, sign off? No, again, uh, I always appreciate you uh, being on. We always have good conversations and today, you know, two hours of everything under the sun. So, you know, another great, it feels like 30 minutes. Yeah, exactly. Another, another great time. And I appreciate you having me on again. And uh, looking forward to, you know, hopefully down the line, maybe this summer we'll catch a Met or, or Yankee game together. Absolutely. Uh, and just reuniting because it's been uh, way too long. Yeah, definitely. Let's make it a Met one because I know you went to the Yankee one the last <laughs> time. So I definitely will go, definitely go check out a Met game with that or Yankee game or both or multiple. Honestly, we're now fully vaccinated. We get in the vaccine section. Oh, just quick thing, Alex. You heard about this, uh, what do they call 135 Mafia, the fan base? Yeah. The Gen Z one. What do you think yeah. of those guys? Starting yeah. to fight and stuff. <laughs> yeah, it is what it is. I mean, uh, the, everyone eats their own. Um, but it's it's kind of it's kind just, of fun, just interesting seeing these, you know, guys being bases. dudes. Yeah, uh, and just Gen Z's. And then like, I think they got didn't they get into an argument with some someone like in that group, and they like kicked yeah, them out. They kicked him out yeah. from the seven. Like they started with the seven line, and like yeah. I don't, the way I look at it, be happy. Young people are interested in your sport, yeah. and you um, know, baseball is just annoying. Yeah. They don't like to have fun. Yeah. No, I, I think that I think there was someone that. <laughs> Some some fan page that aligned themselves with the the one three five and and they the, the fan kept on getting kicked out so <laughs> five said like we're done with you and they started a huge argument but that's that's completely different but I'm just fine with more you know if you want to start your own fan group or different things <laughs> or whatever. All, all for it as long as you're being like smart and responsible in the stadiums yeah. um, and not being like complete idiots. Um, exactly. But yeah, just more, more fan, the more fan bases, the better, you know, you have the seventh line for the Mets and all this stuff, but like grow, grow more fan bases. Have your creatures for Yankees. Yeah. Bleach yeah. creatures. Like have more communities. It's awesome to see the different communities and all these different fans and all these different things that you can do. And it's so unique. Um, so yeah, if there's a Gen Z, you know, fan base for Mets fans, like, Go for it. Or Yankee fans, join them if you want Make to be Make your part TikToks of it. while you're at yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> like, have fun. Be, be a community that you associate yourself with because it makes games more enjoyable if you're hanging out with a bunch of people who, who you like being with. You know, it makes games so much more fun. Definitely. And we'll make that – we'll be going to a game very, very soon to add to that. Well, we'll see you again, Alex, very soon as we cover these playoffs. And, um, yeah, like I said, I'll be on to make – I'll be on – this to make sure we also reunite in person as well. That's good, Matt. Thank you again for having me. And uh, hopefully I'll see you soon, buddy.
Alex Young, making us proud as always. Thank you so much for another classic episode and another amazing appearance. Don't forget to like and subscribe to the Productive Conversations podcast on all podcasts and platforms and YouTube. Don't forget to check out exclusive content regarding this show on ProductiveConversationsPodcast.com and check us out in the world of social media. We're on Instagram at Productive Conversations Podcast. We're on Twitter at ProdConvoPod. We're on TikTok at Productive Conversations. All right, just quick announcement. No show on Monday. We're doing a show on Tuesday instead. So show on Tuesday and Thursday of this upcoming week. The reason why? The NBA playoffs are starting this Tuesday. So figured as we anticipate the playoffs, well, first the playing game starting on Tuesday, and I guess the playoffs officially start on Thursday. But the playing games are important. We need to pay attention to them, and we're going to see the where the seeding lies after those playing games. As the season ends on Sunday, we will see the pl- seeds lock, and then we're going to reflect on them. We have some returning guests like Alex Ranelio is coming back, back-to-back weeks for him. Then we have my boy Dolo Ren, part of the Word for Word podcast, joining us as well. And then Thursday, it looks like we're going to have a very special guest, a new guest, my good friend, who I will wait until the show is recorded tonight as I'm recording this intro, and then we'll make it official when we announce the upcoming shows of the week on Sunday so the shows next week are not going to be Monday and Thursday instead it's going to be Tuesday and Thursday with an NBA playoffs preview this Tuesday that you do not want to miss and then a nice wholesome productive conversation on Thursday after that so thank you so much to the greatest fans and listeners in the world for tuning in this show is not possible without you I love and appreciate all of you very dearly Please have a great weekend, a safe weekend. I will be doing my thing, saying goodbye to my good friend, Kevon, who's moving away. So we're going to take that in and we're going to miss him. But he always has a place up up in the tri-state area. And also, happy graduation to my cousin, Allie. Allie Bologna graduated from Johnson & Wales University last weekend. And we're going to go stop by and wish her a happy graduation. As she has her graduation party out in Poughkeepsie on Saturday. So huge congratulations to my cousin, Allie. You know we're all proud of you. And speaking of being proud, I'm proud of you, the greatest listeners and fans in the world, the greatest audience in the world. And be proud of yourself for being so awesome. Now make big moves this weekend. Do risks. Do incredible things. Shoot your shot. I believe in you. We all believe in you, and you know you can believe in yourself. So thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you so much to Alex Young for a great appearance. My name is Matt Brown, and I am the host of the Productive Conversations podcast. And I will see you on Tuesday, not Monday, but Tuesday. And you have a great weekend until then. All right, everybody, be safe. Do extraordinary things for the extraordinary people in our world. All right, proud of you all. Peace.